To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should. And we're perfectly okay with that. We definitely are. Um, and we're going to get a little spicy in here today. I think I think that might happen because... I grabbed my, my caramel kush popcorn for this. <laughs> we're, we're talking unpopular opinions. So you know there's going to be some feelings that are going to come out in this discussion. I'm I'm ready to go. I have I have some strong feelings about a few comments in here. So, hello everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mousewife WDW. Hey y'all, I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal vacations. You can find me on all socials at No Guilt Life. Also, one other thing that I just wanted to throw out there, if you are listening to us, have been listening to us, but haven't had a chance yet to leave a comment or a rating or a review on the, um, particularly the Apple platform, that's really helpful. uh, We'd love to have one. Um, We're just kind of like stuck at a number and it's been a while since we've had some new ones. So we were just that we'd throw that out there. And if you don't like us, please don't leave any. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because we're humans. Please leave your comment on a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because we're humans and we have feelings. Yes. Yeah, don't hurt our feelings, please. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're welcome to send any, uh, you know, gentle uh, comments or whatever to us privately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that would be awesome if you can do that. All right, everyone. We are going to tackle... Unpopular opinions. It's been a minute since we've done these, so I can just picture everybody is just cheering as soon as they hear that. I know. They're like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. So let's start with Patty's because she really kicked this off. She had some feelings. I did. And um, here are my feelings on this matter, folks. Autograph books. Okay. Autographs should not have come back when they brought back the character hugs at the meet and greets. Look, I am totally fine with anybody, you know, grandparents, young people, children, whatever, meeting and greeting and taking pictures and talking to the characters. But oh my gosh, the whole autograph thing takes forever and drives me absolutely bananas when you've been waiting in line, especially if you've been waiting in the sun in line for a while just to get this done. So that's my unpopular opinion. And I will stand by that. I don't like the whole autograph process. Like I wish that was not a thing. I go back and forth because I think for me as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. But I still remember as a kid just how exciting it was. Um, We had Cambry leave this comment. And I think this is I'm in line with her thinking on this, where she says, I think the character aides should have a stamp with the autograph in quotes, or just keep the autographs to character meals. Um, Because I think the character meals, since they are kind of going around and meeting, I think that, like you said, because you're not waiting in line, you're just kind of at your meal and they come around. I I think I kind of agree with that. Like if it's in line, maybe hand hand out a card that's like got the pre-signed stamp on it and just having the autographs at character meals. Um, But I think I think they're sweet. And I just remember as a kid being so excited about them. I think that's a good compromise personally. But, you know, Disney, if you're listening, consider that as an option. So, um I really like the idea of an individualized card with 
an autograph on it and maybe like an icon or something. And then they're, they become like collector's cards. Right. So you have to like collect them. And it reminds me when we used to go to Vegas and you're on the strip and sometimes they hand out cards and I'm not going to tell you what they're <laughs> to, cause this is a, a family podcast, but we used to collect them and try to see if we could get like a Royal flush <laughs> or like three of a kind. And like, I think that would be really fun at Disney. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anybody that's been to Vegas, please know that Jane had a very special upbringing. No, no, this is like, you know, when I was going in like my 20s. Okay, like, all right. This is not like as a kid. All right, all right. Oh my gosh, no. But I yeah, no, they, they truly do. Like, if you've ever been to Vegas, it's yes. wild how they're just like handing you these cards with naked people on them. And it's a whole thing, and they're all over the ground. So, FYI, if you're ever going to Vegas, like, don't let your children look at the ground. <laughs> Tell them to look up. Um, so yes, I, I like the idea though of collecting them. Right, I feel like that I mean, would that's be a, so fun. That'd for be kids. fun to do, and, well, and the sorcerer's with thing what, is gone. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, they don't have the sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom cards anymore. So, and people love those cards. Like there is a fan base for those cards. So. There absolutely is. There's a, so Disney again. We're helping you out. Um, let's let's do this. So, uh, Amanda Christine says. Um, Animal Kingdom is my favorite park, and Dinosaur is my favorite ride at Disney. I don't know if you're going to get anyone on this podcast to agree <laughs> with you. Look, yeah, I can't say that I love Animal Kingdom. I do like Dinosaur. I think that ride is amusing. Uh, we actually got a really great on-ride photo because we rode Dinosaur this last time. That's sarcasm. That's <laughs> terrible. It's a terrible photo because nobody was – the dinosaur wasn't on the same side that it normally is for us. I don't know. Y'all, when you ride dinosaur and the dinosaur for the photo – Isn't he always on the right? Out. Isn't he always on the right-hand side? <laughs> Teresa, I, do you know? That – We swore up and down. My it was, head now. Yeah. Oh, he's on the right Dino side. was on the right. No, no. Yeah. Photo Dino was on the left when we were on <laughs> – so it's like three of us looking the wrong way 1000 times looking either the wrong way or like confused like what is happening Yeah it's a terrible picture terrible picture uh, so Well say I so see that's why I Dinosaur, it wouldn't be my favorite ride. And Manda, I would be really curious if you've ridden Indiana Jones over at Disneyland, just because it is, you know, same same ride structure. I'd be curious if you have the experience of both of them. Um, I do, Dinosaur, I didn't ride until I was in my 20s. And it legit, I was like legit terrified the first time I rode that. So it wouldn't be my favorite ride. However, it is a very like impactful ride. I think it's very good at what it's attempting to do. So I will... I like no shame in that being your favorite because it was definitely, uh, yeah, I was like, I hadn't really had that experience as an adult with like being scared on a ride. And I was like, there's a lot happening here and it's all in the dark. So Correct. And you know something else to give a little nod to Animal Kingdom as a good park. Uh, I did the Secret Trails we talked about this before. I was going to say, we forgot this. On, we on forgot this. Recording. Um, another new thing that we did is we went on the secret trails over by the tree of life that I know we talked on another recording and that was truly a hidden gem. A, it's literally hidden, but B, I have again been to animal kingdom. I've been going there since 2005 and this was the first time I've 
seen them and I wouldn't have seen them except that Jane like pointed me in the right direction and took me down it. It was very peaceful. It was very quiet. If you need a quiet place in the park, if you have maybe a sensory situation, um, you or your kid, just an overload moment, whatever, you just need some quiet time. I actually saw somebody who was like, I have a phone interview, but I'm going to be at Disneyland. Where can I go and take a quiet phone call? And I'm like, well, I can't tell you about Disneyland, but (laughs) I can now tell you where to go for Animal Kingdom. Like you could totally go down one of these pathways and find a nice place. And we actually saw a mom that was uh, reading a book to her little boy. It was the cutest thing. They were just hanging out, reading a book. Yeah. Just having some quiet time. Just having some quiet time. So uh, yeah. So that like, I'm, I'm learning to love Animal Kingdom. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm learning to love it a little bit more. And I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely more pro Animal Kingdom than I used to be. Um, particularly, I do love the the trails. I do love seeing, um, I love seeing the animals that are on the Disney Plus Animal Kingdom show, like the behind the scenes show. That show is so good. It's so good. And, and it gave me an appreciation for animals that I otherwise wouldn't, you know, be excited to see, but like now I'm excited to see the Babarusas every time I go in there. And um, I heard that they were doing a season two. I don't know how true that is. Oh, I hope But I was like, I really hope that they are because that show like single-handedly made me want to go to Animal Kingdom more. And I said to Patty, I go to Animal Kingdom once a year. That's it. Um, But between that and Kite Tales, I have been to Animal Kingdom probably like once a month. Like, I love it. I went there after work last week. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go to Animal Kingdom. <laughs> the life of a local. Life of a local. Uh, so speaking of things uh, related to the last episode, Hope has the opinion of Oana bread pudding is gross. And then Hope. she put the, she no. ducks. She's <laughs> she, knows, she knows what's going to come when we talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> Hope's not dumb. Um, yeah, no, Hope, you know we love our bread pudding around these parts. Um, Clara also doesn't like it. Clara, come on, friend. You know, be better than that, Clara. <laughs> um, she doesn't like any bread pudding, though, apparently. I understand. I'm not a, I'm not a big bread pudding person, so... As much as like my love for Ohana runs super deep, I can pass on the bread pudding. Like I can take one bite and put it down and everybody else can eat it and I'm good. Well, and I didn't like bread pudding at all until I had the one at Ohana. Like for me, that was the first one. I was like, oh, I get, I get why people are into this now. That's the first one. Um, I said it in the other episode and Chrissy also agrees that it's not the best one on property. Raglan Rhodes is the best. Jair's bread and butter pudding. Like to me, that... That is one of my favorite desserts on Disney property, period. So, I will, Well, I I'm, will I'm say bread pudding that we had at Sebastian's, Sebastian's yeah. which was pineapple coconut bread pudding, um, was outrageous. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to take this home with me. It's <laughs> unbelievable. And again, I'm not a bread pudding person. So it was good. It was uh, it was really good. So. We're not going to hold it against you, Hope. Um, Desiree is also on our side. However, (laughs) she is like, no. (laughs) So she's also pro bread pudding. Appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer says, Encanto is way overrated. And then there's a couple of, uh, you know, comments that they kind of agreed and then some that disagreed. So Leslie says, I'm not the only one. Yes, it's an okay movie. I didn't think any of the songs were memorable. 
Um, Desiree says, rude. <laughs> and uh, Chrissy said, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. So listen, here's my confession. I don't think I've ever said this publicly. I went and saw Encanto when it was in the theaters, like on opening day. And I'm with Leslie. I walked out thinking none of the songs were memorable. And I actually haven't gone back to watch the movie again. However, all of a sudden, like you couldn't escape the songs. Like they were everywhere. I was hearing them on the radio. I was, you know, people were singing it. All the memes, of course, were coming out about him. Next thing I know, we don't talk about Bruno was on my playlist, right? And then, I mean, I, I was... I was converted. So I actually do really like the songs. Um, but I, that was my first impression as well, is that I was just like, eh, I mean, it's an okay, sh- it's an okay movie. It's an okay. They did all right. And I said the same thing about the songs, like that there was nothing that stood out. But now I love them all. So Well, and it's so funny to me because I saw this as part of the Destination D weekend. Basically, the start to the weekend was everybody who was there got to go to a screening. So it was a few days before Encanto came out. Um, So I saw it at the the theater at Disney Springs. And it's I loved it to me. I was like, I think this is my favorite Disney movie since Moana. Like that was Mm -hmm. it was tops for me after that. But like both Surface Pressure and We Don't Talk About Bruno. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they were stuck in my head for days after. And so for people saying like, the song's not memorable. I was like, I could not get these out of my head. And I was so happy when other people could finally see the movie. So like someone else would know what I was talking about. But I, I, when I was there, there was a couple other people who were like at the theater and at the screenings who also just, it didn't connect with them like that. So I, I don't know. I think this is an unpopular opinion in terms of the songs, simply because of how, you know, how popular some of the songs have gotten over the, you know, since Mm -hmm, it was released. mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, weren't sure what to make of it. Like it just didn't connect with everybody like seeing it in the theater. So I would say it's possibly worth giving it a second chance. Um, and you might, you know, you might connect with it more a second time. Um, but I really loved it. I have a really hard time watching um, animated movies at home. Like if I don't see them in the theater. So I um, did not even know that Ankanta was in the theater. I have not seen that. I have not seen any of the releases that were straight to Disney plus <laughs> um, because I just, I can't sit through animated movies at home. So I have no opinion about this. <laughs> okay. All right. Next one. Um, Teresa, do you want to read this next one? I feel, like, I feel like this one's right in your wheelhouse. So we should just let that one go. All right, here we go. And I'll, Yes, I'll say I... Also, it gives me a minute to warm up my response. I know. I was like, I think we're, we're all going to have some response to this. So let's get... Let's prepare. It's a long one. All right. So this is from David. Marvel and Star Wars have no place in the parks. The theming clashes too much for me. I love the work the Imagineers have done over the years with those IPs. I love the films themselves. I consider myself a fan of both. But they would have done better to do separate Marvel and Star Wars parks. I'm a bigger Disney fan, and that's why I go to the parks. But hey, that's just me. I know I'm the odd opinion around here, hence the topic. But there's a reason why it's funny when Rocket says, Disneyland, that's thematically inconsistent. That's because we all know it's true deep down inside. Ooh, David. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, look, I get your point, right? We all love Disney and... Very short time ago, I would have been like, eh, I'm not really a big Marvel fan. I just don't get it. And I don't think other people do either. And I was wrong. And I, I admit that. Um, but 
you know, whether we like it or not, this is now part of this is now part of Disney and they bring it. So um, what I will agree with is that if they want to build us an entire Marvel theme park, <laughs> I'm here for it. Totally. Completely. Um, yeah. Call me. I have ideas. If you want to build us an entire Star Wars theme park, that is not the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. Um, <laughs> I also have ideas for that. Call me. I'll let you know. <laughs> And that's how I feel about that. <laughs> Patty, do you want to also, give yours before I launch into mine? <laughs> also, Guardians of the Galaxy single-handedly took Epcot from a number four rated theme park oh, in my book. Jane. To I was just going to respond to this opinion. Now I have to respond to you too, Jane. Well, girl, I can't help it if they're out here doing the Lord's work and making things happen. <laughs> I mean, we talk about Imagineering going down the drain, and here they are being like, you want me to lift up Epcot? I'll lift up Epcot for you. And that's what they gave us. <laughs> it's honestly, I mean, I, I again, alert. I understand where you're coming from, and you can, like, you can fill us in on your feelings and IP, but this experience, even if you took out Marvel and it was just the rest of the experience, like, it's... So it's so good. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, and and <laughs> I know you're not going to ride it for a while, but I'm going to say that when you do, you're going to say, holy crap, they found a way to make this relevant to Epcot. Like I, it is. There's some, there's some, there's some relevance to it. There's no, Epcot-iness to it. No, now let's, before I get into my, my actual <laughs> opinion on this. So we know, as we all know, I, I avoid ride spoilers. However, it was impossible for me to avoid the pre-show spoilers because they were all over my feed. Like, I'm yep. aware of certain things in the pre-show. And when this got announced at D23 Expo, the way that they had said that it was going to relate to Epcot was that, you know, he, he went there when he was a child and it meant so much to him. So he wanted to go back. And my immediate response was like, that is the most patronizing expletive <laughs> that I have ever heard. And I was like, I'm willing to give them a chance. I'm willing them to find a way to integrate it. And then the pre-show, which I will not go into like details. I'm not going to, for anybody else who hasn't been there yet, and is also avoiding spoilers. I'm not going to say too much, but they leaned into that even harder. And I was like, that was like the thing that bothered me the most about it was like the flimsy explanation they gave to say like, this is how it relates. This is how it's appropriate. Like for them to like double down on that just makes me so mad. And it makes it, it, it just makes it feels like they're mocking, they're mocking me as a fan. So, so that for me, like that part in particular, I don't appreciate at all because I, you can, I know the part that you're referring to. And I if don't. It, so if it helps. Mad. Yeah, that's, that's my point is if it helps, I've now written, I got to ride this twice and neither time did I see that actual experience that you are talking about. So what I'm saying is, when I went through, I only saw one true reference to Epcot, and it was Walt Disney, and they were trying to tie in how the Terrans and anyway. So we saw a Walt Disney reference to it. But I think what you're referring to is a whole nother situation that just does come off pretty lame. I will agree with you. But we didn't see it. And Jane doesn't even know what you're talking about. She's over here shaking I, know, her I head. think I know what she's talking about. Okay. And I saw it the first, the first time. time. Okay. Yeah. 
So my point being, it's not as big of a part of the pre-show as you might be thinking. But it shouldn't be there. Like they had years to come up with something Something more relevant. Sure. And they didn't. And I think we know we've talked about, you know, my feeling with IP and Epcot, especially because Epcot to me is such a special park. It's so great. It's making it so much better. (laughs) <laughs> to me, Epcot is a very special park, and I have very like strong connections to it. And it's hard for me to see the park that I love kind of go so far off off topic. And I think I that's know, kind of where this opinion is, right? Like it's, it's going hard. It's, to things watch are going things off topic. Here's my only off- flip to that, though, Teresa, is that that is your experience as a child in Epcot, right? There's now new children coming to Epcot who are going to flip the – they're going to love this, and they're going to grow up with this amazing experience that is different than yours, but of their own that is also going to like go in. And in 20 years or 30 years where Guardians of the Galaxy are no longer relevant and they decide to change it, those kids will be flipping tables and will be angry that – Epcot that they know and love is being changed, right? Right, but so, to me, but that's about a specific ride. It's not about the like the culture of that park in general, and that's where it is. Like it's to me, it's like it's the park as a whole. And if people ha- like this is a singular ride within a park as a whole, and so like Epcot to me was because it all had a message and a mission. And Epcot now doesn't feel like it has a connected message and mission, and it seems like they're just getting further and further away from that. So I will say that um, I actually think that the Guardians of the Galaxy ride feels the most old Epcot. As somebody who has been going to Epcot since the day it opened, um, it it definitely has the most, I feel like, connection to old Epcot for me. Um, Of course, I don't ride Mission Space, which is also not like an original, you know, original attraction. Um... I just don't write it because I just don't care. And uh, I was going to save my hatred for Test Track as my unpopular opinion for this episode. But I just <laughs> will throw that one in there right now. Um, it's just, I think it just needs to go. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that of what is left there in terms of future worlds, I definitely think that this one is probably, other than like, obviously, like Spaceship Earth this one is probably the closest to like original feelings of Epcot, which is wild. And I'm still willing to give the ride a chance. Like I'm still, I'm still going to give it a chance, but it just, for me being like the very first thing I'm seeing about it after it opening, being the part that again, feels like it's mocking the Disney fans of old. Like it's not a good start. It did not get off to a good start now that it's actually opened. So I will, you know, TBD, on full opinions until I actually write it because I think that's important like to to frame all of these comments in it's my perception of it like so I have haven't been on it so mm-hmm. I am willing to defer to an extent to others who have um and I know somebody who did say there were elements in the queue and in the pre-show that did give them like the edutainment vibes you know so yeah. that did fit. Yeah. so I'm like I know other people have said that that's in there and I was glad to see one person share that because nobody else did like it's you know I was glad to see somebody acknowledge that so again I think it's give it a there. chance yeah, yeah. it's again, there like, if you're willing clearly, to like slow down and see yeah. it but yeah. most of us are like oh guardians right and so we're not looking for that yeah. and I think and like that, I said for me it's like I think because that the first things I saw 
leaning into the part of like the description of it that I hated. So I was like, you're, yeah, I, you're not getting off to a good start here with me. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but I also think in in a sense, like they're giving the people what they want and people like me, uh, this is what I want. I didn't want Epcot that you experienced. I didn't like that. I took the first time I went to Epcot was 2004, 2003, something like that. And I took my little kids and they were unimpressed. There wasn't anything for them, you know, interesting to do. Uh, it, it just, it was definitely a, okay, I've been here once. I don't need to come again. I, we rode the, we rode the golf ball and then we left. Right. Because so, didn't have a rainbow tunnel. <laughs> no, it didn't have a rainbow tunnel. It didn't. No, not, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying like that, you know, people change and, and the, the community that they're trying to cater to in a sense is they're trying to give them what they want. And that's all I can say is like, I don't, I, I don't see Disney like ripping out attractions and such unless there's a reason. Meaning there weren't, it, they were seen as not, fa- well, they were seen as failures, right? Like they, they weren't drawing the people. People weren't interested in watching 40 minutes of Ellen's energy or whatever that was anymore, right? It was such a good nap though. <laughs> um, so they are giving, they're, they're changing with the times. And, you know, as Walt famously said, Disneyland will never, you know, will never stop changing and growing and yada, yada, yada. And I'm assuming that he would have also said that to any of these parks as they had continued on is that that's part of what happens as things do change. Now, does it have to be Guardians of the Galaxy? I I would have been interested and excited about this particular um, uh, ride vehicle and what happens in the ride, even if it was more educational. The Guardians was like the plus for me, right? I know that's a negative for you and for a lot of people. And I know you like Guardians and I know you like Marvel. So it's not like that's not your right. issue. You yeah. just wish it was. It's, but I could have seen it. I would have absolutely still enjoyed it, I think, if it had been just strictly an educational type situation, um, as long as there was still a soundtrack ripped in there somehow. I don't know how yeah. you can do that. But anyway. Right. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is, like, it's actually kind of a really, like, quickly interchangeable ride, like, into another so. theme. Like, they could take Guardians out of it pretty quickly if they had to for mm-hmm. whatever reason and switch it into something else and still keep, like, the majority of... What happens. The feel yeah. and what happens and still make it feel epcot So um, I'm excited. I am excited to that you will ride it. And um, I want to hear your real opinions when you come back. Yep, yeah. for sure, for sure, and, for sure. And so... Going back like to David's like general opinion now that we've if I've had my Epcot rant of the day. Um, oh, you're not done. We're not done. No. So I will say I I don't like I said, and like you just said it, like I don't necessarily have an issue with Marvel and the theme parks. I don't have an issue with Star Wars in the theme parks. Again, thematically appropriate. I think Star Wars and Hollywood Studios make sense because that was it's a park about the movies. Mm-hmm, I yeah. think it completely makes sense to have and I, I know it's kind of gotten away from it a little bit, but like having a land that you're physically walking through what feels like it it's not from any of the movies, but it feels like it could be. I think that's exactly what that park should be. So I kind of would love to see Disney go a little more in that direction, like develop these areas that make you feel like you are walking into the movies. 
that's what it meant to be for me. And I think even over, I haven't been at Avengers Campus yet, um, at California Adventure, but I think that park is also having a bit of an identity crisis because it initially, what my unpopular opinion was, I wish I could go back to DCA like 1.0 because it, you know, I like things that are a little terrible sometimes. And it was I a lot love- terrible. <laughs> Nobody liked it. Nobody showed up at like, that park. I, this I, is you what they did no keep badly. It. You don't know how badly I want to ride Superstar Limo. Like, well, okay, I will so say I would have popcorn. I would have liked to ride Could Superstar you Limo. My popcorn. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I, so, I think, and this is where this is where I think I, I get. Like I said, I don't fully agree with this opinion, but I get it in the extent that these parks again they kind of and this is you know not a not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but there's a lot of parks that have identity crises right now because they're kind of like. They're putting in things that may be fun and exciting, but don't necessarily fit with what the park is. Like, I think California Adventure needs a name change because what they're doing now, it's still cool. Like, it's cool. And I, I think that they need to lead into, like, the, the the studios part of it or, like, the the movie making aspect of it, kind of similar to what Hollywood Studios is doing in Florida. I think California Adventure is in need of a name change. So, and- I agree. that 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 park is definitely, like, not what it initially started out as by any stretch of the imagination any, anymore. No, and completely. it's great. And that's why we love it. Yeah. And now it's better. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So that's, that's kind of where I get, like I said, the, the theming is a little, like I said, I think if they, the things don't fit the way that the parks are kind of structured now, but I said, Star Wars doesn't bother me. I think if they change the name of California Adventure to kind of the direction they're going in, I think it could be fine. I will still not agree with Guardians and Epcot, though. <laughs> so Sarah did say, she said, part of me feels that Avengers Campus should be moved from DCA to Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know, to actually make it seem like Tomorrowland is going to actually be tomorrow. Um, it doesn't fit into D- DCA's overall aesthetic. And um, David actually agreed. He goes, I think that would have been a great compromise. I actually feel like it has no place being in Tomorrowland. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I always kind of thought it made sense to me. And I see if they had done this, I don't think they could have because of like the the universal stuff. But if they had made like in the interventions area, Stark Expo, that would make total sense. And that would integrate well. And I could see that in Tomorrowland, too. Like if they had done Stark Expo somewhere, that 100 percent would make sense and get the Marvel in there. Well, it's funny because this morning we were talking about. What other ways can we bring Marvel into Epcot? Because that's what's making it great again. We were talking about that with the lady in front of us in line. And this is an excellent example of how we can do that. You know, though, I got to say this. Yeah, I'm down with Stark Industries and Epcot. Totally fine by me. Um, I don't, I would not like Stark Industries and Tomorrowland at Disneyland. No. Yeah, right. I, Disneyland is still a little precious to me. I'm not super precious about everything and anything, but eh, Disneyland is the one place that I'll be like, mm, I'll be a little more conservative over there. Um, I anywho. have heard, and, well, and I do think there are, not that it's going to be stark, but I'm like, I, I'm hearing rumors that yep. Disneyland Tomorrowland is going to be one of the D23 announcements. That's what I heard too. So you're so looking forward it? to that. Hmm? They're going to redo it? Mm-hmm. Fine. Oh, yes. I'm excited. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. So we'll, we'll let you guys know what we know. Um, all right. So Kaylin, Kaylin says Duffy was and is, and will always be a weird money grab. Hashtag the worst. Cosign. 
Yeah. I think it seems that way over here in the US, but over in Asia, they, they love, love it. Duffy and Friends. They I know. love it. And that makes sense. That like it culturally it fits because if if you don't know, I think it's in Japan specifically, like towns have mascots and they're hilarious. And to me, this is like Disney's way of incorporating like those kinds of mascots. Um, I was actually in Epcot the day that Duffy debuted in Walt Disney World. It was not not intentionally. I just happened to be there. And I was like, what on earth is, who is this bear? I don't <laughs> think they did a really good job of introducing who or what Duffy was. And so I think that's why it never hit over here as well. Like I know it was like years after he was there that I saw like the bedtime story <laughs> that they like, they play in the rooms. Were like, you tell you that Duffy, Duffy was at Epcot? I, well, I didn't know what it was. I was like, <laughs> there's this bear. And like I said, it was afterwards. I was like, oh, Duffy's getting introduced. So it was just, I, I didn't know what was happening. So I think they introduced Duffy in like a real terrible way. Um, and Duffy to me is like the least exciting of all of the Duffy and friends. Like Stella Lou, I'm here for. <laughs> I think they're really cute. Um, but I think that it's just, uh, it culturally, it didn't, it, it's just not a thing here the way that it is in Tokyo. And I get why I get why this opinion exists. It's a fair opinion. What do you got, Jane? Nicole said, I don't know if it's unpopular, but I think that turkey legs as a snack are kind of gross. The thought of walking around taking bites of a turkey leg are off putting to me. I don't think you're going to find anybody that disagrees with you. <laughs> I think no. I think we all. Are, <laughs> I've never gotten one because I think they're gross. So mm-hmm, a cool mm-hmm. agreement. All right. Here, Teresa. Poor Teresa. (laughs) Poor Teresa. This is beat up on Teresa Day. (laughs) Oh, Jill. I feel like we should keep renaming unpopular opinions as ways to get Teresa riled up. (laughs) (laughs) So Jill says um, they should replace Country Bear Jamboree with something that's not it. I don't care what, (laughs) but I hate Country Bear Jamboree. And I was ready to kick Jill out of the group. <laughs> no, okay, I did. I did send her a gift that she was on very thin ice. Um, and if they want to replace it with Country Bear Vacation Hoedown, sure, I'll get on board with that. But no, I'm still mad that they cut down part of the show. Like I'm still, I'm mad that they cut time away from Country Bear Jamboree. So I oh cannot get gosh. behind this opinion. They need this, to extend it and bring back the banter. There's no, my opinion. No, no, no. That's the unpopular opinion on this podcast. Of all <laughs> the offensive things that we should have, that show is horrible. Like, you go in there and you're just like, how is this happening? <laughs> how is this still a thing? You saw my face, Teresa. It was you know how one I of feel my about favorite it. moments was watching Patty's reaction to seeing this for the first time. <laughs> It was something else, y'all. That's all I got to say about Country Bear Jamborees. But yeah. uh, yes, Jill. Yes. yes. Anywho. Yes. Uh, moving on. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Jenna says, I will gladly shell out money for any dining, dessert, etc. party that gives me a special spot and shorter wait time to watch a show. I know it only encourages them to charge more on their part, but I hate waiting for shows with terrible views. So I'm going to go with, yes, Jenna, you and I sound like similar people. However, I am planning a trip to California and I want to book all of the dining things because I don't want to wait. I don't want to spend the time that I have there sitting and waiting for a good spot to see things. But of course, I want the good spot to see things, right? So I have to do a dining plan for like the... um 
the electric parade. I have to do one for world of color. I have to do one for fantasmic. So there's a lot of options out there. Well, the world of color has a dessert party and then they also have a dining package. So the dining package can be picked up for like three different restaurants and we plan on eating at wine country Jatoria anyway. So I was like, Oh, do we do that as our like dining plan option for world of color, which gives us preferred viewing. Well, apparently the dessert party, which is like $90 gives you like seating at a table that is like fantastic seating and whatever. But then I read that they hand you and I saw pictures of people posting. They give you a plate of like five cookies and like some grapes and cheese on a plate. And they're like, here you go for $90. And I will tell you, that was the thing that I drew the line at. I was like, absolutely not. I will not. And I love a good seat. I was like a seat and a table. And I was all about it booking this dessert party. And then when I saw that tray of whatever it was, they were giving people for $90. I was like, absolutely not. So, um, but I'm with you because I say all the time, like, I know that people don't want to hear that, like raise those prices, but I unfortunately, unfortunately can't afford them. And so I like those experiences. And I think I would suggest this, especially maybe less the dessert party, because I don't think you get your money's worth for those. I think the dining reservations, I can see a little bit more getting like a dining, like especially if you think about the ones around Epcot, because there's so many options for a dining package when you're over there. Mm -hmm. I think if this is like your first trip or if this is something where, you know, you don't get to visit that often. So you really want to make sure if there's a show you're super excited about and you really want to make sure you have the chance to see it without having to do those weights and you can spend your time doing other things. I think it makes a lot of sense for, for something like that. I've never done one. I don't, I don't think I've ever done one. I'd have to go back. But I think, again, because it's just not the way that I vacation. So I think it's one of those. It works for some people and doesn't for others. I always do it for um, Candlelight Processional every year for Christmas. That is an absolute must. Um, So I book a dining package for that, but only if it's Neil Patrick Harris. So, like, he wasn't here this year. So, like, I'm not paying for it. To see a regular person, I'll wait in line on standby line for that. But for Neil Patrick Harris, dear Neil, please come back this year. And I would agree with you with that because that's so candlelight. I've never been to Disney when, like, to Florida when they are doing candlelight processional. Mm-hmm. That's just I usually go a little bit earlier in the winter, right. so I've never been there for that. But if I was there, I like I said I agree with you. I think that would be because it's one of the things I would love to see. I never have. I would absolutely do a dining package to make sure I had a spot for that. Yeah. It's a hit and miss with me. I I definitely want to have the value to it, but there are times that, yes, the time is what I want to take um, more so than the money. Like I have more money than I have time, you know, so I, I can, but it, it really depends on the particular circumstance on if it's quote unquote worth it to me. I, I'm, I'm not anti it. Like if spending $150 a person, you know, works for you, then have at it. Like I'm not going to be mad about it or, you know, judge anybody for, for their choices. Um, You're also not a big show person. But I'm just not, yeah, yeah, it's just, for me, it's, I'm just not a show person. And so, yeah, I just, it's harder for me. It's harder for me to like buy into these things, but I have done it before. Like last year when we went to Disneyland um, for the Boo Bash, I actually got the dessert party for, 
the uh, parade purpose. Like that was all I cared about was that we got to sit in front of the parade in chairs, um, front row seat and watch uh, the Halloween parade, which is just, if I'm going to watch a parade, it's going to either be paint the night or it's going to be the Halloween parades uh, because they're both fun. And, uh, but, but to the point of, was what I paid worth it for what I got out of it? Absolutely no. Like the desserts were not good. <laughs> it was not worth it. And there were people that sat on the ground directly across the street from me and had the exact same view I did for free. So if you're, mm-hmm. you know, okay with sitting on the ground, like you can save your money and not do those things. However, you know, I was able to sit comfortably while I was waiting where they had to sit on the ground, but we actually, legitimately we're waiting the same amount of time. It's not like I saved anything by doing it this way, except my back, right? Because I wasn't, you know, on the hard concrete. But um, anyway, so yeah, like I see a a purpose for for some of these things. And um, I also think sometimes it's not worth it. So it kind of your mileage may vary depending on who you are and how you how you vacation, you know? Uh, Annie said that Mickey bars are overpriced dilly bars and not worth it. I don't know what that means. I was like, I don't know. I'm assuming it's just like a regular ice cream bar. You guys um, don't know Dairy Queen, do you? Oh, no. I, uh, Dairy I don't Queen, know blizzards. Dairy Queen are Dilly bars, and so okay. the Dilly bars, I think, probably were around longer than or before Mickey bars. I don't know. I could be wrong. That'd actually be an interesting thing to like to find out which came first. And I will agree. I am a. I'm. I was. Raised in Texas, and so Dairy Queen is my love language, and a Dilly Bar is the bomb. And I will eat Dilly Bars, but I can pass up a Mickey Bar personally. So uh, Chrissy also agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to eat them in the parks. I will fully admit to grabbing a box and when I find them at the grocery store of the Mickey bars, I was actually really sad um, for a few months. This might have been something that was impacted by supply chain things, but there were no Mickey bars for months in my grocery stores. And I just saw them again for the first time like a week ago. So mm-hmm. I had I had to buy a box just because I finally saw them again. Um, so I like them. I do think in the parks, it's like the price of a bar in the parks is the same price as a box that you get at the grocery mm-hmm. store. So <laughs> Absolutely. But I did, I did a test because um, I'd seen a previous unpopular opinion. I think it was like on Twitter where somebody saying that the Mickey ice cream sandwiches were superior to Mickey they bars. hundred <laughs> percent. See, maybe this is my unpopular opinion. I was like, it was, it, no, it was a super firm ice cream sandwich. It was like, I tried one this last trip. Cause I was like, I just need to know. And I'd had like, I'd had the ones that they sell in the grocery stores of that too. And it was like, I think it was just so firm, even being like out in the Florida sun. I was like, this is just a super, super firm ice cream sandwich. It is. Yeah. There's nothing. I would go Mickey bar over the Mickey ice cream sandwich. Never. (laughs) Never. Jane, this next unpopular opinion has your name all over it. Megan says, Mission Breakout is superior to Tower of Terror. Yes, Megan. And I will tell you that this is a hot topic in my immediate circle um, because Evelyn says Tower of Terror here is much better because she likes the randomization and she says we get more full drops um, and she doesn't like the pulsing of Mission Breakout. So this is the argument we have all the time. I personally think Mission Breakout is better. I think it is like being on a giant adult bouncy castle and it just 
bounces up and down and it's so fun. And then there's music and you're dancing <laughs> and there's characters and I just love it. So yes, Megan is correct. Everyone else is wrong. Have a great day. <laughs> See, I am. I agree with her about the bouncing that I can I can do this as a one and done for me because it gives me motion sickness. The bouncing does like just t- regular tire terror in Florida drops. I am totally fine with it is my favorite ride in Florida, but the pulsing, it makes me so sick. Like I did it once when we were there for D23 Expo and there was like no line. So we went on once and then went on right back on again. And I had to like go back to the hotel after that. Cause it just, it, it, it was so bad. So I'm like, huh. I think it's better than the I do think it's better Christy said superior to the previous version at California Adventure and I do think because that one didn't really you know it it wasn't quite as exciting as the Florida one because you don't have the car that kind of moves forward it's it was just the up and down so I think it was an upgrade there but it's just it makes me sick so I can't I can't really it's not my favorite I think regular Tower of Terror in Florida is superior but that's purely because I can ride that one and not get sick also wrong. I mean, if you want to ride it with me multiple times and see what happens, let's let's roll those dice. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so we'll go through this one. We have we have the prerequisite. Somebody had to say this. Adult whips are overrated. Yes. And yes. Come out. However. We need to add in, I think I might have mentioned this before, but you can get a swirl with the coconut soft serve now. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, game changer. Okay. Game changer. The coconut soft serve. And I'm even if I that. could just get like the regular mm-hmm. coconut, I would get I'm that. Like that. it's so good. But so we, but we always, it's all whips are overrated, always has to get mentioned. So we did get that in from Barbie. <laughs> Kaylee also says that Peter Pan's flight isn't worth the line. And I agree with that. I won't stand in a line for that, but I will. I will. I will um, either rope drop that or um, do lightning lane a thousand times over because I think the ride itself is charming and worth it. Particularly if you have nostalgia for like old Disney, right? Like it's uh, at, at Disneyland. It was an opening day, I believe, it was an opening day ride. Um, anywho, I love it. It's one of the rides that uh, Walt was actually involved with, but I will also not stand in the line for it. So, and agreed. I think I think they improved it a bit with the the extended queue that they debuted a few years ago in um, in Florida. So that way, it's like there's a little more interactive stuff. Or you know, I I think they improved it, but I agree. It's I'm I'm not going to wait an hour for that mm-hmm. line, which is what it tends to be anytime mm-hmm. after like ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, definitely. I had only gone through the line when it was like COVID. And so, you know, everything was like a 15 minute walk on. (laughs) Um, But I had never been through the queue before. And I was like, Oh my God, it's so cute in here. But otherwise, yeah, like I, I won't rope drop it. I won't run there. I don't understand why it's 60 minutes to wait for this ride, but also I don't have little kids. So I only ride it when I can get it on it in short wait times. (laughs) Sarah says, it's not an unpopular opinion, but more of a wish. I wish we could get character schedules and locations back. Finding a character attendant is nearly impossible if characters aren't out. And then on top of that, being sent to the wrong area so you miss the last set of the day. I don't know that we ever had schedules here. 
That's a Disneyland sort of. thing. She's, but she's, they, they did also sort of have them in the app. You could kind of find like general times that certain characters would be out. Um, and they did used to have it like on the printed ones too. Like there, there was a point in time where there were schedules for Florida. Oh, I don't ever pick that stuff up. Well, Sarah's dis- a Disneylander primarily. And for sure, for sure in the app, there was always the date, the times, and it was very helpful. So I wasn't standing out there in the middle of the sun waiting on Captain America to know when he'd actually be showing up. Um, so yeah, I agree. I would, it would be nice to have those times coming back. Maybe that's, you know, on the horizon now that we're kind of quote unquote heading back to normal or trying to pretend like it's normal. Oh, I got feelings about all that, but you guys know that. Um, all right. Last one. All right, so this is from Bryce, um, and I think we, I, we, I'm interested to hear the discussion that comes after this. Disney World food is gross. We just went for the first time after being a somewhat regular at Disneyland all my life, and I was so disappointed. It was like theme park food. Blech. I want magically delicious food, people. And I think we've all we've all had some really good recent um, food experiences. In the last episode, we talked a lot about the new food that we tried over in Epcot, and you guys talked about Sebastian's um, and food at Animal Kingdom. So I'll say, I think there is good food to be found at Walt Disney World. But for Bryce saying they just went for the first time, I think that they were impacted by. I've heard that the food services, particularly on the chef side, Disney is still trying to pick back up where they were um, in Florida with like people staffing those roles. Because if you look at some of the menus of like Art of Animation, Landscape of Flavors, used to be one of the best quick services out there, and it's just all very. It's right. It's very generic theme park food mm-hmm. right now. So I think that. Now it, it is really, really unfortunate who, for people who are doing their first trip to Disney right now for a number of reasons, but just because they're still trying to come back from all of the things they lost. And I think some of it, they're also just playing it safe a little bit right now with, you know, these are family friendly things or these are stuff that people might look for. It's, it's easy to prepare, easy to pick up and go. So I think if we ever get back to our point where they're being a little more unique with their dishes based on where you are versus just having chicken nuggets everywhere, I think it'll be better. Um, and I think there, there are still good gems to find in terms of Disney food, but it's definitely behind where it was a few years ago. And I have to just make this comment. I find it, interesting, fascinating, just, you know, you said trying to get back after closure, after COVID, you know, trying to get back to where we were, whatever. Well, let's all remember Disney World was really only shut down for what, three months? Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long. I I, granted when it came back online, they did not come back full staff. They did not open everything up at once. Like all of that is absolutely true. So I'm not trying to say that they were down for three months and then it was back to normal. Like what's wrong with them that we're still, you know, almost two years out and they're not back to normal. Like I know it's still going to take time, but then you look at Disneyland who was closed for a year plus. And I'm not seeing that same issue happening over there to the same extent. Cause I agree that a lot of, so anyway, it's just one of those things when people have a volume issue here. Uh, it could. It is the it's difference so much between bigger. trying to yeah. move, like, yeah, and exactly a speed boat, boat versus a cruise ship. Yes, right? and, okay. and like how quickly you can turn things. 
It, yeah, yeah, it's like there's still there's still restaurants that haven't reopened yet. Like not there's still quite a few restaurants in Florida that haven't reopened yet because they no, don't I have think the actually staff them. I think actually everything's Ooh. open at this point. It's not because I went to look for a few people. Someone was asking for suggestions, so I was looking at a few. Um, to what's give not them. open? Uh, I know 1900 Park Fair was one oh, in particular. That's, that, that's yeah, not you're open right. Yet. You're right. So like so right. there are a few, and I think especially if you're thinking of character dining, there's a most character dining is not back yet. Mm, maybe only 1900 Park Fair because I think um, the one in Animal Kingdom is back open. Yeah, Tusker's open. Is Ocarshoes? open. Ocarshoes, I don't think, is open. I don't think it's open at all, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so I said there's still – not everything is open yet. And I said – so that's why I'm thinking – I think that there's just – there's still – there are still some staffing issues on the Florida side. Um, and well, we I still think have I, no – we have no um, internationals back at all. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, so, they're, they're coming, recruiting them but and they're yeah. coming. Right. But so all of those people that are running Epcot are displaced from other places. And that puts those other places in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I've always said that I personally think Disneyland food is better than Florida. I've always said that too. But I think um, some of the challenge with Florida is we have so many options because we have so many hotels and so many, you know, four parks instead of two. And so we have quick service and we have, um, you know, table service and we have so many options down here that it's like, if you don't seek out the like exact proper mix, like you can come and have a really horrible time with food. Um, or like if you're coming and you're just doing quick service and you're just doing wherever you happen to be like, we have some amazing, amazing quick service down here. I know Patty hates Satuli, but Satuli is so different in Animal Kingdom and they have such great options there. Um, Flame Chief Barbecue in Animal Kingdom is great. I mean, Regal, Beagle, Regal Eagle Smokehouse <laughs> um, in the American Pavilion, like that's a great quick service. The um, quick service at the quick service restaurant at the Riviera is um, Primo Piatto. They have really, really unique options there. Delicious breakfast, lunch, dinner, anything you get there is absolutely out of this world. But that knowledge, like you wouldn't know unless you like continuously are trying like all these new places. I mean, Patty and I, myself, I mean, just this weekend tried three or four different options that we've never had before and found some great new spots to eat. So I think it's just one of these things here where like we have some great dining here. It's just a little, it can be a little overwhelming. Um, And every menu here does have chicken fingers, uh, you know, mac and cheese. Like you can always get that because families do come with kids and kids want what kids want. And they love chicken fingers, mac and cheese. So, and you know, it's, it's also weird and I don't know what the difference is. So I don't know if, um, like different suppliers, or maybe there's no difference. I mean, that's the churro debate, but, right? The different suppliers of churros is why Disneyland. Well, that's what I was going to say is yeah. Disneyland's churros obviously are superior to Disney World's. Disneyland's corn dogs are superior to Disney World's. I Again, know. I don't know if there are different suppliers or if it's just like uh, the red wagon. I don't know what it is, right? Like, I, I don't have an answer, but. Um, I don't disagree. I, I've always preferred the food at Disneyland. Like there's less uh, less misses for me to walk up anywhere at Disneyland. I'm going to get something that's actually really good um, where I felt like Disney World, like Jane said, like you got to do some research and you got to go sometimes go out of your way to find 
better things, but they're there. It's there. We have actually had some really great meals there. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the, also like the thing that's special about Disneyland, like you said, the food quality seems to be better, but I think even with the closure and coming back, like they still stuck pretty well to like each dining experience being a little unique. It's not the same menu wherever you go. And I, I think, especially I think having more locals is a part of that. Cause in Florida, if you're vacationing, you don't want to have to necessarily, if you have a big family in tow, have to go to like four or five different places for people to find what they want. Like you want to be able to go to one place and, you know, jump, go into line, get what you need and leave. I think that's one of the things that partially, again, partially a staffing issue, but I think operations at Walt Disney World has been a little more quick to cut costs in places. And I think Mm -hmm. having a more standard menu across the board is one way of doing that because then they can keep ordering things in bulk rather than getting you know, small orders for each place to have their own thing. Because you'll see, like I said, Art of Animation used to be one of my favorite quick services. It's literally the exact same menu, whether you're there over at Pop Century now, which is like right across the bridge from them. Like there's really no difference in either of their menus, which is really disappointing. They used to actually used have to be different menus for yep. the resorts. Yep, and they're not, that's that's something that's been missing, especially since we, we got back from COVID. So I'll say, like I said, I think it's a mixture of issues and I'm hoping we get back to some of this Again, thematically appropriate things in the resorts or in the park, wherever <laughs> wherever you might be. I hope we get back to that. But like talking about food in particular, it's it's not what it used to be at Florida. I hope we return to things being a little more unique and different. Um, but I think we would it's not necessarily unpopular that Disneyland food is better than Disney World food. Yeah, yeah. All right. Where else can people bring in their unpopular opinions to us, Jane? <laughs> so if you want to send us your unpopular opinions, you can email us at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. Or you can um, join us in our Facebook group, which is No Guilt Disney on Facebook. And make sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it is no fun to fangirl. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy and Epcot being the greatest thing that saved that <laughs> saved that park. Uh, alone. Uh, bye, y'all. <laughs>